Warning. This podcast will contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous Podcast. What's up with you, Brody? Can't call it, man. Just out here, uh out here getting shit done, man. Just put out a uh a good pie on the 28 minutes or less, man. It's doing very, very well That's on the YouTube saying. page. So I appreciate everybody supporting that podcast. But uh just working, man. How about yourself? Man, I just got up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, and the crazy part is, bro, like, I didn't even have one of them, like, rough days or nothing. I don't know why I was so sleepy. I just, I came home, man. I passed out. And this, it was a beautiful day today, too. It was, like, a, a good, like, 65 today, man, 66. It was beautiful outside. Wind was blowing, you know what I'm saying? Sun was shining. I got in the house, man, and, and I was out of it. I missed out on the whole day. <laughs> I missed out on the whole day, man. But yeah, outside of that though, bro, I'm pretty good, man. Ready to get this pod started, brother. That's what's up, man. Cause we got a very interesting one today, man. It was something mm-hmm. I seen when it first came out. But um, but see, I'm a huge fan of um of the of the director of this uh Billy Corbin. So mm-hmm. so I, I I've been I've been on this dude for a while, man. That's what's up, man. So, I'm sure by now you guys already know because you've seen the title of the episode. We're talking about the Cocaine Cowboys, man. Kings of Miami. The Netflix six-part docuseries, man. <clears throat> Basically talking about uh, two best friends who became um, Miami kingpins, man. Miami drug kingpins. Now, um... If you've seen Scarface, this is basically uh, one of the stories that Scarface was modeled after, um, and this is the kind of the life that they were living, uh, the fancy, you know, the fancy shirts, like on Grand Theft Auto, how you seen dudes with the with the palm tree shirts with the with the you know what I'm saying <laughs> faded colors from top to bottom. Yeah, this is this is what the the Miami that we're talking about. So. Um, Initially, man, what was your thoughts on this joint? Like, what made you, or, or what did you think, you know what I'm saying, watching this? Well, the interesting thing about this, uh, Willie and Saul, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to uh, Saul Maguda, Maguda and um, Willie Falcone, man, it was, uh, what's interesting about it was, Billy Corbin said this was, this is technically the original Cocaine Cowboys. Like, this mm-hmm. was supposed to come out first. He's been working on this one documentary for 15 years. Mm. But, like, the story wasn't ended. Like, there was so much shit just kept coming out and coming out and coming out. So, he had to keep postponing it, postponing it. So, I mean, you still got to get paid. So, you know, he came up with the first Cocaine Cowboys. And then to come up with Cocaine Cowboys 2, um, which was Griselda Blanca. Then he did the Reloaded joint. And so then once this story finally kind of came to an end, but this story didn't really come to an end until like 2020, I, I believe, or 2000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was 2020 till it really came to an end 
Yeah. So he was able to, you know, put all this stuff together. But <clears throat> you know, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of of stories like this. Um, and then from from watching the first two, I was already in. So like watching it and seeing how much information was in it, the the, the people that he was able to get to to interview for this. Like I don't think that this was a situation where he couldn't get anyone to interview for this. Like he had key players, like very key players of the people that was involved in this and the people in media that was involved in this. Um, he had a lot of pictures, a lot of film. And what stood out was what you mentioned on the coming soon was the mm-hmm. fact that these dudes got so rich that they were just doing just wild shit. Like these motherfuckers put together a boat team where they started out together and then they just formed a team and they were just basically racing each other yeah. on ESPN. But the crazy thing about it, though, was they was like, yo, a very high percentage of these people that do these boat races are drug dealers. <laughs> they was like, it's so expensive to do. They was like, yo, it basically takes a million dollars a race to do this shit. And it's like, Nobody's checking anybody's background. They're like, yo, where are they getting the money to do this shit? Like, how? Yeah. I mean, not even just Willie and Saul, but just the fact of how do these other motherfuckers got the money to be out here racing these boats? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was to see how Saul got caught up by being on ESPN. So, like, we'll get into that a little later. But like, that—that that was my thing. Was like watching it and seeing the similarities when it came to to Scarface, but, you know, there's always something originating something for some story, so... Right. But, I don't know, man. I, I mean, my first initial thought was, I, I was amazed, man. It was a lot of information to take in. I mean, the, to me, what I thought was pretty cool about all this was the fact that, you know what I'm saying, of course, in the 80s, this is when you know, like crack was hitting the scene. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we, we are, you are. Everybody knows about Snowfall and the story of Snowfall, and you know how crack kind of infiltrated. You know what I'm saying? Neighborhoods and everything else. So, mm-hmm. on one hand, you have you know what I'm saying the CIA and you know what I'm saying and the various government organizations, um, bringing in informants and you know what I'm saying, undercover agents and stuff to distribute crack amongst, um, you know what I'm saying, like black and impoverished neighborhoods. But on the other hand, you know, like you got certain states where cocaine is flowing in and they don't know nothing about this at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> this is like this is a totally different operation here. Like these two dudes built, you know what I'm saying, a two billion dollar empire, you know what I mean? Like that's amazing. For, I mean, and, it, and of course, not in a good way because I don't condone that. But just the fact that they were able to, you know, what I'm saying like have an operation that amassed two billion dollars, bro. Like it's companies that haven't even touched that yet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So the fact that they were doing that, and then I think they said they brought in like almost seventy five tons of cocaine. I don't know if people even realize how much one ton weighs. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like people have no idea. Like this, and, and this is the crazy part, right? Like, so the job that I work at, like, you know, we do a lot of stuff. Like, we have like large, you know, what I'm saying parts and stuff that we work with. So, like, when I realized like how much a ton really was, I was like, "Yo, that's a lot." And that shit don't even weigh that much. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, so that's a that's a lot. Like, nigga, <laughs> like imagine. So, like, imagine just like boats and boats of that shit just constantly coming in. Because that's that's how it had to be. It was just like yeah. boats, boats of it coming in, and then like the way that they was getting it off. Like, I I think the genius of it of them being boat racers. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's gonna catch them? And they was boat racers. And then the fact, that they, you know what I'm saying, like the fact that they had like, you know what I'm saying, the fact that they was using the boat racing thing to kind of, even though they was boat racing, they were still looking at avenues like, hmm, I wonder if we could, you know what I'm saying, run it through here. I wonder if we could run it through there. Like that's like, it. if those guys were able to put those type of brains into corporations and get opportunities to be like CEOs and stuff like that, like. Imagine where they could be now if they were able to actually touch legal money and be able to deal with a legal product and do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where my mind goes when I watch these type of things. Like, because a lot of the times, bro, this just comes out of a lot of this comes out of necessity, right? Like, they got to be able to feed their families. They got to be able to, you know what I'm saying, survive and take care of themselves. So when you they get an opportunity like this, you know, you don't want to say like, oh, well, you got to sell drugs. But I mean, like, what's the what's the easier way than, you know, what I'm saying selling drugs and getting all this money tax free and being able to take care of your family? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, to me, I just I always look mm-hmm. at it like if these guys had the opportunity to, you know, saying that um, that a Bill Gates had or a Steve Jobs had or a Jeff Bezos had or Elon Musk had like. They could be, you know what I'm saying, one of those names as well. Like, they could also have, you know what I'm saying, a legacy like that. So that's that's just something I had to throw in there real quick. But, um, yeah, it was, to me, the, the boat racing thing, that's why I brought it up in the coming soon. That was, to me, the most um, interesting part was the fact that these guys took that and had that idea to say, yo, we can use this and we can bring in pretty much whatever we want to because, like, nobody's going to be able to catch us. Yeah, and, and then they got to the point where they felt untouchable because there were times where they were locked up and, mm-hmm. you know, nothing ever happened. And, like, yeah. the most the most outrageous, not the most, but one of the uh, outrageous things that we ended up seeing was so sad. They, they left Miami because uh, some shit got hot because they both had got arrested. Mm-hmm. and But they was able to get out on bond, and so mm-hmm. they took their business to uh, to L.A., and so they out in L.A. and Saul gets arrested. So Saul gets arrested, but they both had, you know, different aliases and different IDs and all this type of shit like that. Mm-hmm. So the uh, so when they arrested him, put him in the room. So the guy came back. I think he said he arrested him on a Friday. So a dude came back was like, yo, I need to talk to. I forget which name that he was using. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh. He's not here. They're like, 
fuck you mean out here? Like he got a uh I think that he had a a, a 14 day it was it was something. So he was supposed to be there for 14 months. It was 14 months. Yeah. So he was supposed to be locked up for 14 months. And the dude was like, yo, like I just locked him up. Like, what do you mean he's not here? So mm-hmm. they go to the paperwork and they had him sign out by saying that time was served. And they was like, well, how was he able to get out? He was like, oh, the dude in the jail owed him a favor. So he just basically wrote, wrote up this thing saying that he did time served, like he already did his 14 months. And right. not only does he do that, so he go back to Miami, do the boat racing shit, and this motherfucker's on ESPN, and the cop mm. that locked him up is like, yo, <laughs> that's the dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? That's dude, crazy, bro. You basically cheated your way out of jail, and then two or three days later, you on ESPN. You got to think about it, though, bro. Like, who the fuck was watching boat racing on ESPN? <laughs> like, if boat, racing came on, if boat racing came on ESPN now, you wouldn't watch that. Hell no. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when they be doing, like, fly fishing on ESPN, nobody watches ESPN around that time. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you ain't thinking, like, if I get on a boat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, ESPN is here, but, nigga, nobody's watching boat racing. Who, who's, <laughs> like, who's watching this? So, nah, I feel them. I did the same thing. Like, you don't think stuff like that. I mean, unfortunately, you know, you kind of you kind of put yourself in a, you know what I'm saying, stupid predicament. But at the end of the day, bro, like, nobody's thinking that somebody's watching boat racing. I mean, it's true, but, like, to, to have the run-ins with the law that they have mm-hmm. and was able to beat a lot of the shit that they was able to beat. Mm-hmm. I can I can understand how you can get to a point because like there there's a psychological thing to go on in your head and it's just like yo if you keep getting away with shit like naturally you're, you're gonna you're gonna keep doing it yeah and you're gonna start mm-hmm. feeling invincible and I think mm-hmm. that Willie and Saul got to that point because they was like yo look how many times that we've been able to beat little jail sentences when we was we was caught red handed and fucking mm-hmm. nothing happened like these I mean, dudes. That just and it, it that also just goes to show you just how corrupt the system is too. Because like, think about all the people that they basically had in their back pocket. Man, they had a lot of people. You in know their what I'm saying? Pocket. Like, um, uh, who was the last that was talking about with the uh, he had a, the glasses on, and he was um, I think he was on his way to the uh to a trial or something like that. Was it Saul? Yeah, saw all the glasses, yeah. Yeah, so, like, even him, like, he was basically, like, when he was going to these trials, like, he felt like he was a star. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't even, I don't even think it registered in his head that he was going to trial to go to jail. Like, he well, was treating it like it was, like, like he was in a, a damn movie. Yeah, well, we knew why, though. Like, yeah. look, there's look, there's too much to cover to go into the timeline, yeah. y'all. Like, it, it's way too much. But like, this dude knew he was paying jurors off. Like, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, man. Like, but just the fact of like the like his whole demeanor, bro, was just like you could tell he was he was just like, oh yeah, I'm not even worried about this. This is this is in the bag. Like, let's you know what I'm saying. Let's go. Like the fancy suits. You know what I'm saying. The he had the damn near had a pompadour. Like, dude was wilding, man. Like <laughs> he was really wilding. Yeah, they was like they was wearing like 
like three hundred thousand dollar suits to try out, and it's just like, and my thing is, you would think that you would think about the the imagery that you're showing to the exactly. to the to the jury, but like they didn't even care because they knew they had jurors in their back pocket that was going to exactly. be able to to uh to get them out, man. And then even the juror guy, like like dude. When it comes to Miami, like, and look, they talk about, like, Billy Corbin comes on every week with Dan Levitore, and they that basically drew, talk about. That drew was stupid. It was. It was. But we're going to have some fun with that shit next week yeah. because I got I got a special episode that I, that I specifically picked because of you. Okay. Uh, I don't think you've seen the movie yet, but when you see it, you're going to see why I uh, I wanted you to see yeah. the movie. We're going to yeah, do the yeah. movie. But, but anyway, yeah, but so – the the juror guy, like y'all, let me let me tell you how crazy Miami and this dude is, right? So they're paying this one juror off. They ended up paying him over five hundred thousand oh, dollars, and so God. they was talking about. So they was talking to a juror, or juror two. They was talking to juror two, and they was like, when this dude first started coming in, he brought his lunch every day. Mm-hmm. He's talking about his kids, and mm-hmm. you know how he works at this. Uh, how he works at the airport, and na na na. Then they said, all of a sudden, this dude started dressing wild, started asking to take everybody out to eat. He's going to pay for it. He started talking about his kids. He ain't working at the airport no more. All this type of shit, right? So this dude is going on a spending spree to the point where even Saul is like, yo, he telling his uh, quote-unquote girlfriend, um, uh, Marilyn, like, yo, I can't stop this dude from spending money, right? You do it so, basically, so basically... Naturally, he got caught, right? He ended up telling the undercover agent that he was getting paid off, right? So this dude gets locked up, and he goes on trial. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what they used for his defense. And this is just how crazy Miami is. So this guy has a cousin who was a former cop yep. that was a former dirty cop that was taking money, well, taking bribes from um, from drugs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the and the <laughs> yo the 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 fence that they went in there with was his cousin had money stashed away at their mama's house, mm-hmm. and they they did the deal, but they made sure that it was past statute of limitations. So that the cousin couldn't go back to jail, or well, at least go to jail for the crime that he did yeah. back then, and say that that's where he got the money from, and then mm-hmm. say he didn't take money for doing bribes. <laughs> and I'm like, that just tells you how wild Miami is, where a mm-hmm. former cop can go out there and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I had, you know what I'm saying, five hundred, you know what I'm saying, to a, th- a million dollars just stashed at my my house. That's where mm-hmm. he got that money from. Oh yeah, and y'all can't lock me up. <laughs> For doing those crimes exactly, that I did yeah. because it's past statute of limitations. It's like, yo, which was a great defense. And then then his one lawyer quit, and then he get another lawyer to try to say he hit the lottery at fucking uh Las Vegas, and then he gets locked up for it. Why would yeah. okay, let me ask you this. So you see that the first lawyer got you a mistrial, but got the, the client a mistrial. So let's mm-hmm. say you that second lawyer. Are you gonna go with the same defense that the first we used that got him off? Well, basically, kind of got him off. Or are you gonna sit there and make up some shit that he hit the lobby? 
I don't know about the lottery thing. That's because you gotta that you really gotta prove the lottery thing. Well, not lottery. I'm excuse me, but uh, uh, Vegas said that he hit in Vegas. Oh no, that's different. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I had to try my hand with the Vegas thing. Yeah, and then <laughs> he dude got locked up. But I had to definitely try my hand with the Vegas thing. But I mean, it was it was so funny, bro. Because like, bro, he was really convincing them though. Like after a while, he was really convincing them, like, "Yo, you know, what I'm saying this dude ain't so bad, man. Maybe you know, never going along with it. Like it's it's so amazing, just how gullible people get when they get around like people with money. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, <laughs> like, like you said, dude was working at the airport. All of a sudden, he ain't working at the airport. He taking them to all these fancy restaurants, and you know what I'm saying? Like. They like, man, this is all right. Like, this is life. Then he talking about it outside the restaurant. He like, yeah, so you know what I'm saying about this case, you know. This dude really couldn't have did it, right? Like, ain't no way he really could have did it. Like, nigga, they high off a porterhouse steak and wine, bro. They not thinking about this. So they going back. They like, man, you know what? Maybe this dude didn't do it. And he getting off on all kind of stuff. It was, it was crazy, man. Just the fact that, like, he was going in there holding them up. For forever in the day, just to get this dude off, like, and I think to me, like, he kind of took it overboard, which is why, like, you know, what I'm saying they kind of knew something was funny about dude, because I don't think it was just necessarily the the suits and all that. Like, he was in there, like, really, really, like, adamant about dude not doing it, even with like certain evidence and all that. Like, he didn't care about none of that. But so I he think also they was starting to get suspicious of him. Like, come on, man, you. You ain't even looking at the facts at this point. You just saying no. But they also <clears throat> he also had a partner because he paid this other girl off. He ended up paying yep. this uh, uh Drew too actually ended up paying her, I think, three hundred thousand. But mm-hmm. like it got so crazy in the in deliberations that a older black gentleman, because a black dude and that guy, because he was a Cuban descent, I believe, mm-hmm. like him and his black dude got into it because the black guy was like, yo, he did it because he's Cuban, which is weird thing to say but so they get into an argument to the point where an older black gentleman ended up having a heart attack Mm -hmm. so they ended up having he get disqualified well not disqualified but you know he had health problems so he ended up being dismissed Mm -hmm. or whatnot but like to think about like how crazy it got in that room man and to the point where they, they was able to like they had like hard evidence on this dude and I think if I'm not mistaken 13 counts and 11 of them all the serious ones they get found not guilty for them bad boys it's like but then like Casal got to the point where he started dude witnesses just started coming up missing yo not missing but like just dead it's like anytime dude I'm not a person of coincidence Man, I guess I've seen too many movies, but a lot of these <laughs> movies are based on real life shit. Like Goodfellas, like that was Goodfellas is a real story. That's not mm-hmm. fake. You know what I'm saying that was that was a dude. It it came from the story of Goodfellas came from a guy that uh, wrote a book and why he was in protective custody. So like he told the story of why he was basically in protective custody. So right, witness they they pulled off robberies and got rid of the dudes that was involved in the robbery like this shit happens and it's like so every witness that we got against you all dead come on man 
Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not now. That's the you thing can at least about the court like system, paid a few of them off though. Like, yeah, this is yeah. See, that's the thing with the court system though. Even though, like, coincidences don't matter. Like, you have to prove it, mm-hmm. and that's where Saul was able to get off. And it started with that lawyer. He shot uh, when he got that lawyer killed. Mm-hmm. That lawyer was supposed to turn over evidence, and this is the part that kills me. So they take out the lawyer that was going to turn over evidence, right? So the people shoot him at his office, but they leave the evidence there. <laughs> Bro. Hey, I'm like, yo. Either you know, way, mad, they got you know, it. Like, mad, you got it. Like, bro, you know, Saul mad. was in a piss, bro. <laughs> Saul, like, are you fucking bro, getting it? Like, wait a minute. You def- that defeated the purpose of all of it. But I mean, <clears throat> I guess in a way, if they was like, if they had this, the right people around them, that could have been a, a spin on things. Like, because they could have just been like, well, yeah, you know, this obviously had nothing to do with him because. You know, they didn't even try to take the evidence. Yeah. You know, this could have been anybody that killed them. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, that would have, to me, that would have been a good spin on it. But it was just stupid because it was like, that's what you would have wanted to happen. You would, of course, wanted them to do their job, you know what I'm saying? Kill the dude, get the evidence. And now, you know what I'm saying? You don't got nothing to, you know what I'm saying, connect me with. You ain't even got the lawyer to, you know what I'm saying? That's on the case to do it. So, yeah, but that was stupid, though. Yeah, man. Even even how they even really because like they were small town, oh uh, not not small town, but uh, that was small drug dealers. Like when they was coming out of high school, both of them dropped out of high mm-hmm. school. They were just basically selling weed. And so like when they was talking to uh, one of the pilot dudes, he was like, "The thing about selling weed is the fact of you got to have so many workers to be able to move it." Mm-hmm. He was like, "So you dishing out so much money." Because of how much you gotta, you know, how many people you have to have to move the weed. So mm-hmm. they got, you know, got involved in the cocaine and they went to um what's my man name? Um they went to uh George Valdez yeah. and he used to sell uh you know cocaine back in the day. So he said basically he gave them their shot because he had to go, he had to leave the country or something. Mm-hmm. So he left them with some and so basically I forgot how much it was. Sorry, y'all. But when he came back, $1.4 million was waiting for him. He was like, oh, man, so y'all really could push this weight then. So he was the one who really got them started big time when it came to cocaine. And so what ended up happening with him, he ended up getting locked up. He ended up serving 10 years. And then that's when they really, really took off was after he was out of the way. But he was the one that got them to start. And you know, because at to, that point, they ain't got no middleman, yeah. And like to take it to the points of where they took it, and then also, it's fucked up what they did to George, man, yeah. Because George was they left him hanging, like they owe George 10 million dollars, and when he asked them for the money, they claimed <laughs> they stopped. Mm-hmm. And he was like, even when he went on, when he went to speak at their trial, he was like, yo, yeah, they stopped selling dope. He said, because I can't fathom that they would fuck me over like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, I just can't believe that they would, you know, I would get out 
and they owe me, and they know they owe me because I asked them about my ten million dollars, and they don't pay me. Like I thought that that was fucked up, man. For the people, for the person that got y'all started down this path, man, and then like to 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 fuck to fuck him like that. Which now he ended up turning his life around, dude. It's so crazy to to know that this dude is like a straight up preacher now. Like that's not shocking. It's not, but. I like what he's doing because he he didn't write a book just to write a book, just yeah. to sell books. He's actually taking those proceeds and helping ex-cons who are getting out of jail. Mm-hmm. So that's dope about what he's doing because a lot of people exploit this lifestyle like when they mm-hmm. get out and like they still cuz even even when you watch like a, like a lot of like the um like the documentaries on like these former drug dealers and shit. Like a lot of them still be good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like a lot of them, you know what I'm saying? You but like, yeah, and, but it'd be a few of them who be going back in the community. Like, uh, there was one the ones dude who don't got the stash. Um, the dude, uh, <laughs> he's stupid. I, I think it was Mel, Melvin Williams, I believe. He was the, uh, the, the Boston, not Boston, but the Baltimore guy. Uh, mm. he was the one that the wire was based off of. Okay. And, um, but like he's doing like a lot of, like drug reform shit, like dude, ex cons getting a lot of ex cons jobs mm-hmm. and all types of shit like that. So it's cool that he's uh they you know he turned his life to God and wrote a book and taking that money to do that. But it was fucked up what they did to them because like they had they had the money to pay him. They just like fuck it, you know what I mean? Which which was kind of weird because I think that when you in this type of business, like those are the people that can end up fucking you over. Like, cause they mm-hmm. got a grudge. They, they can be like, yo, you owe me money. And like, yeah. if you're not paying me money, then <clears throat> I will testify against your ass because what I got to lose now at this point. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's a weird thing, right? Because it's like, they had the money to give my man ten million without an issue. Yeah, but then it's like, on the other hand, playing devil's advocate, we really didn't need you after that. Like you yeah. got locked up on your own accord. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't our fault. You know what I'm saying? If anything, you kind of put a damper on our situation because you stopped supplying it to us. Now we had to go find a way to go get it. So now that we found a way to go get it, like, how do we owe you anything? You know what I mean? We kind of found our own way through this. You kind of left us hanging. So, I mean, I kind of understand both sides of it. But I, to me, the fact that he started them out, you know what I'm saying, with, uh, you know what I'm saying, what he started them out with, and then they end up getting $1.2 million, bro, just to give to him. Like, bro, can you imagine how much <laughs> – consumption of cocaine that is in Miami, <laughs> bro. Like, yeah. this is... I'm not talking about the state of Florida. We're yeah, just we talking, talking about Miami. Miami. That's crazy. Man. That, that like, was... think about that. We just talking about Miami. We ain't talking about Tampa, Orlando. We ain't talking about uh, uh, Clearwater, Florida. We ain't talking about none of these other places. We just talking about Miami, bro. Like, that's wild to me. The fact that, you know what I'm saying, like, People were really, like, like really spending money like that on on yeah. cocaine. 
in the and, 80s. And this is and this is something else that and like and only in Miami. Like so you know how I mentioned earlier how the um the guy that got the bribes for five hundred thousand dollars and his mm-hmm. cousin was a former cop, drug mm-hmm. smuggler, whatever you want to call him. That house was abandoned that they found that it was a safe in the floor. Yeah. And that safe had like a million something dollars in it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they was talking about the one thing about the 80s that was hard about being a drug dealer was where to stash the money. They used to just have boxes of money just in the houses, in the walls, mm-hmm. and all types of shit like that. So, what? see, and, and this is my thing. So, there was a ledger book that uh, Marilyn Bakuda had that mm-hmm. she, was, she was the payout. She was basically the bookie lady. Yeah, and so she was the one who made sure everybody got paid, so everything lined up in the order. That ledger said that he paid over seventy million dollars to keep everything rolling, right? Pay cops off, DAs, mm-hmm. uh, fucking um, witnesses, and uh, we got, uh, all that, yeah. jurors, all that shit. Then there was another situation where. They went and they seized some shit from one of Sal's other houses. Dude, they said it was so much money that they couldn't even count it. Like, they took a picture of it with mm-hmm. all the DA people. They had 10 million to pay that dude. They, they, they had 10 That's million. That's what I'm saying. They, they definitely about. had 10 million to they, pay that dude, bro. They had money that they forgot about, dude. Like, But then this is the wildest part about Saul. And, like, this is to go back to that whole thing of, feeling untouchable because mm-hmm. when 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 they got all those not guilties and got like two guilties for like lower crimes he was able mm-hmm. to bond out for I think 50,000 so he ended up Will, Willie had to stay because Willie had gun charges yeah. so he didn't get to he didn't get to uh, get a bond but then he had to go back to face charges on just basically having fake passports and shit like that mm-hmm. so this motherfucker jumps bond now we're talking about at this point, I don't even think he would have really got jail time. Cause he was already in jail for four years. Right. He probably would have got some time served shit yeah, for having flaws. You know what I'm saying? For having flaws like IDs and shit. Mm. He jumps bail. And let me tell y'all how crazy dude is. So he jumps bail for for fake fucking passports and shit. Mm-hmm. Goes to uh I think uh, Fort Lauderdale. No, it wasn't Fort Lauderdale. Uh, well, anyway, he goes not even far from Miami, and he stayed at the Ritz Carlton, and he put a wig on, thinking nobody was gonna notice him with a wig. Hilarious, hilarious, <laughs> bro. But I mean, this, bro, it's the eighties, though, bro. Like it ain't like it ain't. No, it's much. the nineties. No, this two thousand. Oh, you talking about with the wig and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's 2000. That's 2000. Yeah, he was slipping. By that time, oh. technology was way... <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's Not like, at dude, the Rich like, Carlton, my boy. At the Rich Carlton, dude. Like, like, what are you doing, my guy? Like, yeah. like dude. You're supposed, this... to just, you're supposed to sit in the room. Like, you ain't even supposed to come out when you do some shit like that. Yeah, man. It's like it's it's just like when you, when you sit back and you look at some of the things that he done, and it's just like mm-hmm. you can tell he got that invincible thing of like, nah, man, they they can't touch me, they can't hold me. Like, dude, yeah. the fact I just that got all the wig was gonna stop anything. 
dude, that is so fucking funny, dude. Yeah. A wig. <laughs> when you've been on you've been on TV, this is the yeah. highest profile case in the state of Florida. And you think nobody's gonna recognize you just because you got a wig on, dude? Like, yeah. come on. So that that was that was funny, man. Um, but like the wildest thing was the whole shit with Tabby, man. And mm-hmm. I remember telling you this before you saw it. You was like, yo, I gotta watch this shit. You yeah. remember when I tell you because Tabby was was a Willie Falcon's brother. So mm-hmm. when shit started to hit the fan, Tabby and his wife dipped right off the rip. Right. Like they was gone, they was they was hiding out for twenty-seven years. Bro, twenty-seven that's years. How you supposed to do it, bro? You but, go somewhere and get low and you don't get in yeah. contact with no damn body. Yes. But mm-hmm. when you do that. You don't just go to Lando right down the street from Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, bro. Yo, this dude is hiding out in Orlando, Florida for 27 yeah. years right down the street from Disney World. Like, this, man, you think you're going to be in Venezuela somewhere? Hell like, nah, man. somewhere. No, bro, you don't go to no... First and foremost, like, you don't want to go to a different country. Okay, well, go to Idaho, man. Why the fuck is you three hours away? You think think when the Cuban uh, Hispanic dudes in Idaho is going to (laughs) be... They know Hispanic dudes in Idaho? Man, all right, well... In the 80s? Man, go to Vallejo then. Go somewhere, man. Like, come on, man. He would have been better off in Cali, bro. Dude, man, to be in a but then even when he got caught, they was like, yo, he was just like they said that dude looked exhausted. Like he was relieved. He was like, Man, I've been looking over my shoulder for 27 years. And yeah. that's the thing, it's like th- that's that's definitely well, really the main thing, because I don't want to get locked up or killed. But like at the same time, it's just like mm-hmm. always constantly looking over your shoulder. Like I mean, that's a saying? part of that's a part of that whole that's a part of the quote unquote drug game anyway, like. You don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always awareness. You have to be aware at all times, 24-7. Like, you don't know who's against you. You don't know who really with you. You know what I'm saying? Your right-hand man could be one to take. We've seen that, you know what I'm saying, on Snowfall. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Scully's boy was trying to take over, you know what I'm saying? Because he was tired of the way Scully was acting. And, you know what I'm saying? He was willing to work with, you know what I'm saying, a whole group, of, a whole different group of people. You know what I'm saying? Just to be on, you know, sit on top of the, you know what I'm saying, of the area that there's in. Like, so to me, it's like that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you could be the king, but you know what I'm saying? Heavy is the crown. Like, you don't want to be that guy, you know what I'm saying, to get his head chopped off. Like, you know what I'm saying? And or you don't even want to be a part of the crew that, you know what I'm saying, of other guy getting his head chopped off because you could just be one of those people who they look at, like, if I kill him, well, I got to kill him, too, because he's going to be next in line. And you really ain't even got nothing to do with it. Like, if he get killed, you pretty much out of it. Yep. And that's what I'm saying, like... Yeah, it's a crazy game. It's it's definitely a crazy game, man, because even somebody like Peggy, like, Peggy was somebody who worked for them like, ever since he was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And, like, Peggy was saying, this dude, Peggy was... He said that when he was 21 years old, like, this dude was making, 
you know what I'm saying, pretty much like a meal a month. And he wasn't even, you know what I mean? He was just a guy that went to go, he did he did to pick up some drop-offs. Yeah. And he was like, like, this is how I was living at 21 years old. Like, can you imagine, dude, just having bro, that type of money at 21 years old? That's, look, bro, if I had a million a month at 21, bro, <sighs> man. Maybe I had, I remember when I had $5,000 at 21. So I can <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine what I would have done with a million, bro. Oh my gosh! But but Peggy ended up he ended up flipping on him, man. Um, but like he he was he was in a situation where, you know, what I'm saying he had he had this he had this girl. They just had a kid. Now I'm not mm. making no excuses for him. I'm just saying I think I that mean, he, he what he right said, thing, though, man. yeah, he said that that, that was uh, a lot of the determined factors was. You know, just getting with this girl, and they got a kid, and he got caught with a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he gave up salt, and it's just like, and I know a lot of people going to look at it because the thing is, I've always said this. Like, I think people, some people don't really necessarily know what a rat really is. Like, if 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 you see a crime being committed and you mm-hmm. say something, that's not a rat. Right. But if you've been down with these people for a decade, know what's going on. You know the game. Mm-hmm. What he did was some rat shit. Oh, it was one hundred percent rat shit. But I'm but, gonna be honest with you. We gotta listen. We gotta quit getting mad at niggas that's rats. Everybody no. ain't everybody ain't built for the the struggle. Like he to me, I'm not mad at him. I wouldn't have did it, but he did the right thing. Like, like you said, he just had a baby. You know what I'm saying? Him and his girl was going through some things. Yeah, man, you don't you don't want to be in that situation and putting your family through that situation or being like, dude, where you looking over your shoulders for 27 years and you down the street from fucking Disney World. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you could be down there riding roller coasters instead. You too nervous to go because you think you about to die on the teacups. Nah, man, you don't want to live that life. True, true. And then, like at the same time, like once you found out, now Willie was more chill. Like mm-hmm. he, he just kind of like he was just really laid back about the situation. Saul was like, "Yo, I'm not going down, and I don't care who goes down with me." And I'm gonna tell you, uh, I'm gonna tell you why I'm not mad at Peggy, even though the way the timeline go, Peggy did it first. Mm-hmm. Peggy might have realized Saul is a fucked up individual. Yeah, Saul he ended up wilder. getting his dad and his son locked up. And he yeah. could have saved him, and he didn't. His mm-hmm. dad was in his 80s and had to spend three months in jail. And his son had to go to jail for five years and Saul had a chance to get both of them no jail time, but he decided to only care about himself. And it's like when when you see a person like that, and maybe Peggy knew like Saul would would do anything to help me. I mean, look at how they did, look at how they did uh, what's his name, George? Look at their George. Yeah. This this is the person who was like, "Hey man, look, if y'all really want to make some money, put that weed down. I got something a lot lighter and a lot easier for you to move." And they was and, like, yeah. "Okay." And then you know what I'm saying? Ten million dollars later, he ain't even got it. Yeah. So like, I, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not that mad. I'm not really that mad at the man because saw the dude that he turned out to be, and then this dude had a whole hit list, dude. Like. 
Peggy was mm-hmm. on the head. He tried to kill Peggy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He ended up trying to kill him anyway. So, but the crazy part about this, like a lot of it is like the coincidences that end up happening. Like Peggy's wife, well, baby mama, well, ex-wife, baby mama, she ended up being on a real housewives of Miami, dude. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? And then within one of their main dudes who had got locked up from the jump, like, like one of their guys got locked up from the very, very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, his last name was Jay. Um, I forget what his first name was. He was one of those Latino dudes that looked black, like he had the yeah. afro and everything. His son plays in Major League Baseball, dude. It's just like, like that's just how wild a place like just Miami is. Mm-hmm. Like Miami is just crazy like that. For for the and then another guy. The the uh the pilot, the second pilot, mm-hmm. he ended up taking it on the chin. Yeah. He ended up doing ten years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He ended up getting ten years for the things that he was involved in. But then he gets out. He gets out. Keeps working with the boats. This motherfucker worked on Miami Vice. He drove one of the speed boats on Miami Vice. Yeah. So it's just, just to like show them, just to show them the maneuvers and everything. How they yeah, but I mean that's that's what I'm saying though. Like, just think about that. Like Miami Vice, right? Like that was a show about cops in Miami in the '80s. Yeah. Like, and they weren't doing like no regular police work. Like these niggas was <laughs> these niggas was doing like undercover FBI missions <laughs> in Miami, yeah. bro. Like True. that's that's how that's how crazy it was in the 80s in Miami. Like you had two regular cops that was doing like real live life or death missions. They weren't even doing like police work. These niggas was on missions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and it was an exaggeration, of course, but I mean like it really wasn't that much of an exaggeration. Yeah, and to be clear for the listeners, he worked on the, the movie Miami Vice that came out in the in the two thousands. But no, for show, sure, I'm saying like yeah, yeah I'm just yeah, saying like just the, yeah. the concept of the show, like the fact that you know what I'm saying like they they was able to come up with this show because mm-hmm. like you know what I'm saying every everybody knew what Miami was, you know what I'm saying like at one point in time that was the cocaine capital of the world. Yeah. I mean, it probably still is. Well, in the United well, States, because cocaine has been brought. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm. When you know, when we say the world, we mean yeah. You know, you know that like we call the, the the NBA teams the world champions. Like, yeah, the world champions. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But no, nah, like just the fact that they, you know, so like that was the cocaine capital, and then like even to this day, it probably still is. Like outside of like it, it's probably neck and neck with them in L.A. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I mean, it's just like the the. It was it was all kind of craziness ensuing in Miami. Like, what was the um? It was like a, a big gang fight with like the Cubans and like somebody else. I forgot who. I think I think like a Cuban gang or whatever. And they had like this big shootout and fight with the police. Like all kind of shit was going on around. You know what I'm saying? Like this time in the eighties. Like it was a lot of different things going on. You know, you got people flying in and out of different places coming to get cocaine from California. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Take you to other places to make crack. Like, so it was not only were they, you know what I'm saying? Like the cocaine capital, as far as consumption, it was like 
the you know what I'm saying people coming in to buy it. There's a major distributor. You know what I'm saying? Like people weren't trying to fly halfway. If you was in New York, you weren't trying to fly halfway across the country and to go to California when you could just, you know what I'm saying, get on the highway, go to Miami and come back with no issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was it was a wild, wild time in the eighties for Miami. And Definitely. I mean, even even with Scarface, like think about the the whole, you know what I'm saying, like situation with Scarface, like that storyline. Like the fact that, you know, they was out in nightclubs every night, you know what I'm saying? Like in discos, everybody in the disco is taking a bump. And you know what I'm saying? Like it's it was just a you could tell, man, like it was just a wild, wild scene. Like you talking about the wild, wild west, that was like the wild, wild west. Yes, it was. And then like to even the even to continue on the things that I was saying, like so when they built they when they built they they uh the lawyer team, mm-hmm. one of the lawyers represented John Gotti. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Another one of the lawyers defended Griselda Blanca. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yo, it's like you, you sit back and you think about like, are like, are you serious? You know, but like the, the outcome of this whole thing though, well, especially when it came to Saul, because when it came to Willie. Willie ended up seeing what happened to Saul. He's when they went, when they had to complete and took twenty years basically. Mm-hmm. But Saul fought the whole shit, and Saul. What ended up happening to Saul is what happened to a lot of people. Like for instance, when it comes to Al Capone, everybody knew what Al Capone did, but he mm-hmm. didn't get locked up for it. He got locked mm-hmm. up for tax evasion. At that time, you really you they were scared to lock Al Capone up. Well, I mean, I don't think that they were scared. I think that it got to the point where he, he was defending so well, nobody could actually prove that he was bootlegging. Yeah, that too. But they were scared as shit of Al Capone, bro. No, but they locked him up, though. Yeah, when he was old. But he ended up getting out, though. Yeah, but he was old, though. Like, he was older, older when they locked him up. Like, at that time, he was probably, he probably yeah. didn't even have, like, half the connections he had then. I mean, like, when he was doing what he was doing, like, everybody know Al Capone is was the you know he yeah, was like the gun, king. yeah but he was also like the grim reaper you know what oh, i'm yeah. saying he had, he had that oh yeah a lot like he had he had hitters so like you know what i'm saying like it was uh what's the what's the one story you told me about like the dude that you know what i'm saying they was all in the restaurant he killed somebody so he had to kill the whole restaurant wait a minute Talking about something recent? No, it's a it's a story you told me. You said where dude had he he owned a rest a bar or restaurant or deli or something like that, and then he killed somebody in there. And then and instead of letting everybody go, they locked the doors and just killed everybody else in there, so it wouldn't be no witnesses. Damn, I don't know. My mind is drawing a blank, but I maybe it ain't. That. Maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was somebody else that told me that. But just the fact that like that's the type of stuff that was going on it going on in like around like yeah. when Al Capone and them was like yeah like dude it, it could be you could be just getting dressed with your wife going out for a night of, of swing dancing and next thing you know everybody's dead <laughs> you know what I'm saying like from a Tommy gun like everybody in there dead. nobody nobody knows you know what I'm saying like they was they was like wilding back in the day bro like the mafia was playing no games nah <laughs> from a Tommy gun 
Oh I'm man, just saying, bro. But um, but yeah, I, I bring up Al Capone because <clears throat> they just went with like let let's just try to get them with something, and the mm-hmm. only thing they could get them for was tax evasion, and mm-hmm. what they end up getting solved for because they could not. Now, what they ended up doing was, I mean, look, there's a lot involved in this, man. Y'all would just have to watch it, but basically, he was using Maryland to do everything for him. Yeah. Um, but Maryland ended up, um being sent away so she was hiding out she was hiding out in the New Jersey first and she started hiding out in the mountains up in New York mm-hmm. and um so basically what ended up happening police had to tell on her she get locked up so she ended up flipping now she didn't want to flip originally but she ended up flipping so she went in there now so Marilyn got pulled over because they was following her she ended up getting pulled over yep. and Saul thought it was smart to tell her to basically become a paralegal and to get the stamp so she can stamp everything to say the police can't look at it because yeah, she can uh, be a notary. Yeah, exactly. So th- when they opened, when they popped the trunk, they found the ledger book. But not only did they find the ledger book, and this is the one thing about, because Saul, when Saul went back to court his sec- the second time for um, for the killing of the witnesses and all of that shit like that, Mm-hmm. The one black lawyer was like, "Yo, he brought up the point of when they when they pulled her over and they found that ledger book. They found a clipping in the newspaper from 1993. Mm-hmm. Now at the time it's 1999. Mm-hmm. Why do you got a newspaper clipping from 1993? And it was like, because she was trying to say that Saul told her." About all of these hits, right? Yeah. But Saul so didn't tell her about all the hits. <laughs> she memorized <laughs> all of them because they put everything in the newspaper. Yeah. So the black lawyer figured that out and he was able to destroy her on the stand. Mm-hmm. So Saul ended up being found not guilty for killing all of these witnesses and shit, right? Because her testimony, because mm-hmm. she that was that was a star witness. And the dude killed her. So they weren't able to get Saul for any of the charges that would have gave him life. Right. So they ended up getting Saul for um oh what they got Saul for. They got Saul for um damn. Why am I mind blanking right now? But anyway, oh, he used fake he used his fake names. Mm-hmm. He, that he had fraud or something like that. Right? Yeah, fraud. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he ended up writing them checks because he didn't want to pay them with cash because they said that, well, they basically said they didn't want to get paid with cash. They wanted mm-hmm. to be able to show a paper trail. So the checks that they used, he used those fake names that he had to pay his lawyers. So mm-hmm. that's what they ended up locking him up with. He ended up getting 205 years <clears throat> for yeah. that shit. So they basically maxed out everything like because it was like you know, there was one ten. There was yeah, another one that carried that's twenty. That's when the FBI started getting into it. Yeah, well, I mean, anytime you embarrass the government, like they're coming for you, like because yeah. that was that was the biggest. When it comes to the feds, it was something. It, it was something crazy. Like it's like a ninety-eight or ninety-nine percent conviction. No, it's ninety-eight. It's ninety-eight percent. Yeah, it's a ninety-eight. So when the FBI come in. 
you might as well say it's a guaranteed win. This was well, yeah, the first but, time they got embarrassed. They got embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. But, this, but like, the thing is, though, like, they build a case on you. So, like, you could be doing all kind of stuff the whole time. They know you doing – like, they could get you whenever. But, like, yeah. at this point, they'll let you go on for, like, five, ten years just to get all the evidence that they can on you, and then you out of there. And they yeah. taking down everybody with you. Yeah, and this was a time where it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And, like, they knew something was – they were like, yo, we had way too much evidence yep. to lose the shit. And then that's when they kept they kept digging and digging and digging, and that's when they found the witnesses, not witnesses, mm-hmm. but the uh, jury people who were being bought and they was being brought. Yep. And to think that, and then they tried to look. I don't feel sorry for the dude. They tried to say it. they got him locked up in Kansas with the Unabomber, the the, the bomber dude that that, that bombed um, the Boston Marathon, and mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it basically a lot of dudes that killed a lot of people, and they was like Saul's in there for fraud. I don't give a fuck. So well, kill I mean, him. Well, he like kill he in there with some. It ain't like he in there with niggas who can like physically harm him. Them niggas ain't. <laughs> <laughs> them niggas ain't like. The niggas ain't like master assassins. They these just some niggas yeah. who knew how to make some bombs. Yeah, and one one of them was uh, I think the nine eleven. Yeah, the nine eleven. Um, one of the nine eleven. That's what I'm saying. He just in there with his, like, with niggas. And now, I, don't get me wrong. Like, if them niggas just start collecting shit in their sales or whatever, <laughs> he need to tell somebody. But like outside of that, like I, I wouldn't be. Worried. I'm sure he could probably take a few of them. Yeah, but I, I think I think Saul is. He now he didn't do it himself. He just ordered a lot of people to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even though, and like I say, that's the thing about the justice system. Well, it, what it's supposed to be. It's all about what you can prove in court. It's all about mm-hmm. proving in a reasonable doubt. And I think that they was able, I think that when Maryland got killed on the stand, like, I I can see why. Because the thing is, is you have, the only way you're supposed to say guilty is no reason, like, you know for a reasonable doubt that they done it. Mm-hmm. And when she got killed on the stand, and she didn't have no answers for why you got a clipping, like a, a bunch of clippings from a newspaper in 1993 in your trunk. When it's, it's 1999, like why you got that shit? And then you're mm-hmm. reading it verbatim. You memorized it verbatim in your head. So mm-hmm. Saul didn't tell you this shit. Like you studied it and that's why you did it. So mm-hmm. I can see why the jury did what they did. Because I mean, if I was in there, I'd be like, yo, like, Explain to me why why you got this old ass newspaper. Exactly. Why you got this old newspaper? So I can see why they let them off, but I also also see why the judge maxed them out. Cause mm-hmm. this judge is like, I'm not gonna be like the other judge who who let y'all get off. Like I'm maxing you out. And then this is also another crazy thing that happened when the um when the when the guy that got bribed for five hundred thousand when he was talking to the undercover cop. He was like, yo, he was like, I, you know, I'll do 20 years. Like, if they give me 20 years, I'll do 20 years. And they played that clip in the thing. And mm-hmm. then the judge said, oh, you remember when you said you do 20 years? <laughs> 20 years. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God damn. I didn't even know that was legal, but I guess they could do what the fuck they want. Because I'm mean, like, your charge has got to be. Yeah, in that case, you know, they like, we got to do whatever we got to do at this point. Yeah, man. So, like, and listen, we y'all, it's it's so much to cover. There's a whole bunch of things that we didn't even get into because 
The only way, the only way that we could have did this shit informational wise, the way that they did it, is we would have had to do one episode, pot about it, second episode, pot about it, third episode, pot about it. Like it's it's way too much information to go on there, but like it it is it is a very very great documentary, man. I think that Billy Corbin is 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 one of those documentary dudes who now even though a lot of his shit is is Miami based because he's from Miami, mm-hmm. but Miami is such a crazy city. It's like you can get so much material just coming out of this one city, and. I mean, even the things that we was able to mention on here without even really going over, like, we didn't even really get into, I mean, even Willie, like, Willie Falcone, we didn't even really talk about Willie like that. But the one crazy thing is, like, his brother, who hid out for 27 years, when he went in, Willie was on his way out. Yep. <laughs> but but Willie served, he served his time. And after Saul got 205 years, he played, I think, I think he played to 11. I think mm-hmm. I think he ended up playing until he had got eleven years, but like I thought this documentary was great, man. I think yeah. he's doing I think he's doing really good with his cocaine cowboy shit. Yeah, yeah, he got some very interesting stories on there, man. So yeah, man, let's get into it. Let's do this. Uh, fire flames, man. Yes, sir. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. I take it, man. Um, a lot of detail in the story. Um, it kind of dragged out in a couple episodes for me, but for the most part, like they they gave us a lot of information. They gave us some interesting interviews. Um, and what I like most about it is how they basically kind of described the landscape of the landscape of Miami in all those different times, you know what I'm saying, during this whole process. <clears throat> so going from the 80s to the 90s, you know what I'm saying, to the 2000s and 2010s, so on and so forth, and how they was just kind of showing everything, you know what I'm saying, from, you know what I'm saying, those different eras, those different points of views and everything else. I'm going to go ahead and shoot for a four, man. That's what's up, man. And you know the crazy part about you saying you felt that they dragged it out? Mm-hmm. Dude. When he was on Dan Levitar's uh, Mystery Crate, he mm-hmm. said, "Dude, we got," he said, "We got like five more hours of material we didn't even put in it." That's crazy. So uh, he he had more. He yeah. had more. But um, I'm I was very impressed with what he was able to do. Uh, the William Saul story is a very interesting story, man. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, even even when it comes down to shit like uh, Willie Willie Falcone's wife ended up uh, somebody ended up snatching a purse and tried to kill her. Like there there's so much stuff that we didn't mention that, that the information that is out there. Um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna give it a four point five, man. Um, okay. I, I was I was really feeling it, but you know this is my lane. I love I love yeah. watching like a lot of a lot of shit like this because I think that it's it's very intriguing to see and to also put yourself like is it worth it you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. they, they show you that they show you the highs you know what yeah. i'm saying they show you the highs and it's kind of like yo like do i do i want to max it out for for five ten years and you know yeah. deal with the consequences later but even a guy like peggy so peggy he ended up 
you know, he served his time. Uh, I think he ended up serving five years. Um, wife divorced him afterwards or whatnot. But dude, this is the crazy part, y'all. And I end, I end, I end this shit here. When so Peggy gets done, so they do the interview, like you know, after after the interview, like a week later or a couple of days later after the interview, this dude got pulled over on 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 a fucking interstate, trying to sell drugs, trying to sell cocaine to an undercover agent. <laughs> Stupidity. You just got done talking about all of the shit that you used to do back in the day, mm-hmm. and then you go out and you continue. But it's that lifestyle; they get so I mean, accustomed. It was, to it's it. the money, man. It's it's just more so just the money. Like when you don't like to, people don't realize like when you are successful at something like that, and that money start flowing in. You got to think about all the things that you no longer have to worry about now. You don't got to worry about light bills. You don't got to worry about groceries. You don't got to worry about like the, the regular things that people usually worry about throughout the day. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that when that money get the flow in, there, bro. It's something different. It's, yeah, it's and he's had different. it. He's had it since a teenager. So <clears> that's what I'm been, saying. Since so a teenager, you've been rolling in money. Yeah, and if you hit your thirties. You get locked up, you serve five years, you get out, and then you just, yeah, you struggling to just, and then your wife, now she's balling, because mm-hmm. she on TV and shit, mm-hmm. and you sitting here broke. Yeah. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I don't blame dude for trying, even though you just got done talking about how crazy shit was, and how Saul got mm-hmm. all this time, and then you try to sell to an undercover. So that, like that, that's just how wild this 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 documentary was, man. So yeah, I'm I'm rolling with a four point five, man. Yeah. All right, man. Let's get into this coming soon, man. Yes. Coming soon. Coming soon. So you know, what I'm saying we back again with another episode of Snowfall. I believe this will be episode six. Or no, uh, five. Five. I think it's five. Episode five, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Last episode, Sissy comes back. You know what I'm saying? We get into some some conspiracy theories about what could possibly be going on. I'm excited, man. Uh, this is the one that I thought was going to be episode four. Um, okay. I know you don't like watching them, but I watched it. This one. About to be action packed. Oh, I believe it. You, you're about to see a lot of gunfire. Mm-hmm. Um, look like Franklin is on the run. Mm. Uh, so, you know, there was a scene <laughs> where where Louis was like, "Look, Franklin's a you know what I'm saying he's a smart grown dude. He he got a, he he know how to fend for himself. And you see mm-hmm. him jumping gates with a book bag over his shoulder. So, um, so it seemed like a lot of shit is seeming to hit the fan." In this episode, mm. uh, but from the trailer of the season, you see that they showed in that preview that, like, I mean, they even showed Franklin tied up to a chair. Like, so it's some, mm. some shit is gonna go down at some point. So it start it's starting to uh, it, it seemed like I think this episode is where yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to real. ramp up. Yeah, it's starting it's starting to ramp up for episode five, man. 
Yeah, man, can't wait. So y'all stay on, you know what I'm saying, stay on your job. Make sure y'all give, you know, the episode when the drop, you know what I'm saying, tune in, hit us up on the socials and whatnot. Speaking of the socials, you can follow us on IG and Twitter at Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook at VA Pod Watch Group. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Scoops Bronson, and you can follow me on TikTok at Scoops Bronson TV. Yes, sir. Y'all can follow me at S. Foster Eight on Instagram uh, at Twenty Eight Minutes or Less Pod. That's on IG. Uh, also, the S. Foster Eight. That's on uh, Twitter as well. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, follow the uh, Twenty Eight Minutes or Less. On all major platforms, just put out an episode with the guy, episode 77 with the guy Tyrone Collins, man. Um, we talked about a lot of very interesting things. So uh, I appreciate him jumping on the pod with me. So uh, go check that out, man. So appreciate it. That's what's up, man. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. We are, you know what I'm saying? We greatly appreciate it, man. Um. Can't wait to do the next episode. And with that being said, like they say in Hollywood, I hate when I do that. Like they say in Hollywood, I, I keep forgetting. I almost did it again, bro. I almost did it again. I almost did the already home podcast thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like they say in Hollywood, man, that's a wrap. Cut.